Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I'm doing something that I've never done in the whole entire history of Journey Women. I'm chatting with two guests at one time. Today, we have the pleasure of hearing from Holly Mackle and Caroline Saunders on the topic of humor and the gospel. Y'all, there are some episodes of Journey Women that just stand out to me because they feel like a pep talk from your high school soccer coach before a big game or something like that. This episode was one of those. It just really struck my heart in ways that I hope that I'll remember for a really long time. In it, Holly, Caroline, and I talked about everything from the biblical backing for humor to how it actually relates to the gospel. And then we moved on to the practical encouragement for those of us, like myself, who tend to take ourselves a little too seriously. So you'll know them a little better. Holly is the curator for the Mom Humor Collaboration entitled Same Here, Sister Friend. It's hilarious, which Caroline also contributed to. They are both so funny, and I can assure you that you're going to want to be best friends with them by the end of this conversation. Now, on to my conversation with Holly and Caroline on the topic of humor. Holly and Caroline, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. This is totally a first for me to have two guests on the show. Yay. Thank you for having us, Hunter. I'm so excited to be here. I know we both are. And can I just say I'm such a fan of the way that you articulate the gospel. Aw, well, that's like my hope and my aim with everything I do, but it's always been like a major insecurity of mine because I never feel like I'm doing as well as I'd like to be doing. So that's really encouraging. Thank you so much. I feel the same way about you. Well, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Holly, this is Holly Mackle talking, and she's an author, and she's really funny. And that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today is humor and the gospel. So that's really exciting. Welcome to the show, Holly. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We've also got Caroline Saunders on the line, who is incredibly hilarious, and I've connected with over Instagram, which is all too common on this show. But hi, Caroline. (laughs) Hey, y'all. It feels like a party already. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves because you're far more interesting than me. And that way people can get a feel for your voices as you're speaking. Sure. I'm Holly Mackle. I'm the wife of David. and We're from Birmingham, Alabama. And I'll say that when I'm not shattering the perfect flowing side ponytail Elsa Hare dreams of my two young daughters. I'm a writer, (laughs) but more specifically, I feel very called to be a curator and to gather women together in order to tell their unique stories for the common goal of putting God's glory on display. Our most recent project is the Mommy Humor Collaboration that's called Same Here, Sister Friend, and it just Mm -hmm. came out a couple months ago. 
It's really funny, guys. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Um, and I'm Caroline Saunders. I'm from the Memphis, Tennessee area, and I'm a writer too. Um, I'm also a mom to the two most delicious children that you've ever met in your life. And I'm a pastor's wife, which means uh, people get awkward around me a lot. So I try to be extra weird to help them relax and be my friend. Um, <laughs> and I'm one of the contributors to Same Here Sister Friend, which seriously, is one of the most hysterical books I've ever read. And I feel like I'm allowed to say that without having to repent of pride because I only wrote this tiny little bit of it. And Holly is one of the only <laughs> people in the world who thrives in group projects. And I'm just so happy that I got to be a part of hers. Yeah, I cannot even imagine how you guys orchestrated that, but it all flowed together so well. And I have to say, Holly asked me like, who do you want to come on the show with me? And your name was the first one that came to mind. So thanks for joining <laughs> us. Yay! <laughs> that makes me ecstatic. <laughs> so how did you guys meet? You know, when I called up one of the contributors named Emily Dagstein, really funny chick, and I asked her to write for the project. She very quickly said yes, and then she immediately followed up and said, and you have got to talk to my friend Caroline. And Caroline, girl, I hate to do this to you, but this was in the more awkward days of your blog when it was named. I, I just, I can't even say it. You're going to have to say it. I'm going to snort if I say it. It was called Princess Truffle Fluff, and I literally can't say it without going into a terrible shame spiral. <laughs> All right, you have to explain. Oh, I don't even know. That's the thing. There's not this great story behind it. It just was this dumb name that popped in my head. And I was like, yes, this resonates. And then people would ask me like, oh, so-and-so said I should read your blog. What's it called? And I'd be like, I don't know. I, I don't know. So I had to change it. <laughs> I forget. Well, if it would have skyrocketed, let me tell you that you probably would have had people coming up to you calling you Princess right? Truffle Fluff. So I'm really uh, glad me you too. changed it. Me too. Wow. <laughs> WriterCaroline.com is so much better. I, I can't even tell you how much better it is. I, <laughs> thank you, Caroline, for doing us all that favor. But Hadley would have loved yeah, Princess Truffle yeah, Fluff. Yeah, Hadley would oh, be yes. my target audience. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> So I went to Princess Snuffleupagus or whatever the name of it was called. And I laughed until I cried. And I picked up the phone and I called Emily right back. I remember where I was. I was in the parking lot of the library because my girls had been, we were all in the library together. And I called Emily and I said, please, please, you've got to give me Caroline's number. And now I'm so thankful to call her a writing friend. And she just couldn't possibly have a bigger cheerleader than me. Oh, guys, that's precious. So is being funny something that comes naturally to you guys? Because I just listen to you talk. I read your writing and I'm like, how? Like, I maybe it's a personality difference. I don't know. Does it come naturally? I mean, for me, I don't know about that. But I, I am very willing to brag on my ability to make funny friends, which, let's face <laughs> it, I think is a major life skill. <laughs> And totally. that's really, yeah, that's really it where is. the I idea. don't feel cool enough to be friends with you guys because oh, I can't no. even make a joke. Oh, girl, listen, we are <laughs> raining in our fangirl right now <laughs> for you. So, rain. But, you know, the book just just started as this experiment, and that was kind of the the thrust behind it to see if these hilarious women I knew could put something together that was so much bigger than the sum of its parts. We wanted it to feel like you were at a really great girls' night out, all sitting around a table, listening to everyone tell their best stories, laughing and crying and cry laughing until everyone has mascara running down their faces. And oh my gosh, how I hope that we have done it. Yes, you totally have. I caught myself like wanting Brooks to read. There was a story about the girl who threw up on the duvet. Yes, right? <laughs> and I'm like, Brooks, you have to read this. 
Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> really funny. Read it last night. Uh, what about you, Caroline? Do do does being funny come naturally to you, or is it something that you've like worked at over time? You know, I think that for me, it's something I've tried to work at over time. Is like a defense mechanism because I just need everyone to be fine all the time. And so, anytime there's tension, I feel like I get on like this metaphorical unicycle and juggle, and I'm like, "Everyone, be happy. It's fine. It's fine." So. <laughs> I don't know if it comes naturally out of like, I'm a funny person, but I know that I am very naturally like a, I need everyone to get along kind of person. Hmm. Yeah, that really makes sense. We can talk about that more. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think of the benefits of humor besides making people feel okay? <laughs> well, we know that Proverbs 17:22 tells us that a cheerful heart is good medicine. And I actually think that laughter can be good medicine for shame. Because sometimes we experience Mm. shame as a result of the fall. And sometimes we experience shame as a result of like falling, like literally falling or, you know, anything else that would be similarly embarrassing. (laughs) So I call this the face plant gospel. When I fall on my face because I cannot control gravity and I apparently can't control my own feet, but I can laugh and remind my soul that God controls the wind and the waves. And really never is God bigger to me than when I found myself outsmarted by stairs. Yet remember that God (laughs) somehow keeps the earth perfectly balanced on its axis. The difference between me and God is just comical and humbling. And I'm just so glad that he is in charge and I'm not. So a huge benefit to humor as it relates to the gospel is that I don't have to be red face and flustered about my faceplant moments. I can laugh and be glad that God is the one running the show because honestly, I mean, I would burn the whole thing down on accident. And I really do have this problem where something horribly embarrassing happens every time I hang out with a new friend, like falling downstairs or like setting my kitchen on fire. And that actually happened twice at two dinner parties in one month because God will not (laughs) let me be the girl that appears to have her life together. He will not let me be that girl. And I so desperately wanted to be that girl. But now I'm grateful that I'm regularly thrust into that lowly place where I can't deny my humanity. Mm-hmm. And so in that lowly place, mm-hmm. I just get perspective and just kind of laugh in relief. Yeah. yeah. And I love how you took that straight to the gospel, Caroline, because that's exactly my experience. And it's also my experience with um, like a failure to rest or like taking myself too yes. seriously. Do you know what I mean? Like laughter yeah. is such a remedy for that. And I remember Abigail Dodd saying that on the rest episode, she was like, sometimes we just need to laugh. Oh, and I'm like, yes. oh, this, this goes so against my personality. You guys, I'm like the serious type, a boring, like oldest child you know, who's just <laughs> trying to check all the boxes. So help me out. Like what actually gives us the capacity to laugh? How do we do that if that doesn't come naturally to us? Like where does laughter and humor originate? Yeah, I I think it goes back to exactly what Caroline just said about remembering who is God and who isn't, namely me, because Mm. I don't know about you, Hunter, but when I feel responsible and totally like it's up to me and I've got to be the one to take care of it, Totally. Well, from that place, like so little seems funny and it's just not mm. the kind of mom or wife or friend I want to be. I think the no. stakes are just too high. But when I remember that I'm really not the one in charge and that it is the God of the universe who orders my steps, even the ones walking into the dining room to realize there is half a roll of aluminum foil rolled out onto the floor in a makeshift red carpet, <laughs> which just happened a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> when I can remember that I'm not the one who's ultimately in charge 
I think it's just a better and a healthier place for me personally from which to engage my girls and those I love. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the Word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. Oh man, I love that so much. I just, I want to remember that more fully and more readily. I mean, I'll tell you guys a funny story. The other day I had a play date. Caroline, you made me think of this with the um, initial dinner party where you almost burned the house down. (laughs) But I had Davy sitting on my lap and sweet girl, her tummy must have been hurting because she needed to go number two. And so I thought to myself, oh, that's so sweet. I'll hold you while you go poopy. (laughs) And the next thing I know, my whole front is covered in (laughs) diarrhea. Literally. First time play date. I'm not making this up. Yellow poop all over my jeans. It took like five washings to get them out. No. <laughs> and I think no. in that moment, like, you know, this is the first time I've ever hung out with this this woman. No, it's not. It's the first time I'd had a play date at her house in this duty station. We had known each other yeah. from a, a prior duty station. Um, I'm going to try not to jump on the duty station joke. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well Caroline. <laughs> But, you know, something that I noticed is I was like, man, it totally leveled the playing fields because, you know, um, I I don't know that she thought more highly of me. She probably didn't. But in that moment, I I think she just probably had like a me too. Like, I've totally been there, you know? Yes. Yes. There are so many women in the church who love both their Bibles and a really great, perfectly timed Mary Catherine Gallagher reference. And I feel like my soapbox (laughs) is to stand up and to call out to them and to be like, own it, funny women. We need you in the church. We need you to remind us to not be so serious. Yes, I need that reminder so desperately. And I think from a serious position, maybe it would be helpful to talk about the biblical backing for humor. Like Caroline already brought it home to the gospel. Can you offer any more biblical backing or how it actually relates to the gospel? Okay, yeah. So I think one obvious connection is the Proverbs 31 woman. Girl, yes. are you really going to bring her up? Are you for real bringing her into this? I know. I know. <laughs> this verse is on Hadley's, uh, on Hadley's wall. Like, she laughs at the days to come. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So we, like, laugh about the Proverbs 31 woman because she's sometimes, some of her is not very relatable. We're struggling to keep our Old Navy yoga pants clean, and she's clothed in fine linen and whatnot. But yes. that awesome verse, I'm so happy that you have that in Hadley's room, is that she can laugh at the days to come. And her laughter demonstrates her awareness that she is not in control of the future. 
So yeah. she surrenders the worry and hustle for the days of head into the hands of God. And I've heard Anne Lamott say that laughter is carbonated holiness. And though I love the sound of that, I'm, I'm just not sure if it's true, but I do believe that laughter is delighted humility. Mm. It's our joyful recognition that God mm. is the future holder and the order maker. So we can contentedly do what he's put right in front of us and trust that he hems us in behind him before. Mm, I'm going to get that tattooed. I, I always wanted a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good reminder. I love definitions and like encapsulations of what words mean, like help me to remember in the moment, like how I might consider acting, you know? So right. um, can you say that one more time? You said humor is, is delighted humility. Yeah. Laughter is delighted humility. Life did, um, I love that so much. Oh, yay. What do you have, Holly? Do you have any biblical backing that you'd like to offer? I love that the gospel is so relational. And to me, the coolest part of the Great Commission is that we're being asked to share truth with those in our circles of influence. Moms we see in the carpool line, the grocery store workers we see every Wednesday at 8.15 a.m. If you're me and you're there at exactly the same time every week. Family, you know, meaning we're to share with these people that we're in ongoing, active, consistent relationship. The gospel isn't only meant to be shared just from a pulpit in this super formal kind of way. So if we are to be relational gospel sharers, it does us good to consider how we come across, especially to new friends who don't know Jesus or aren't walking with Him personally. And, And personally, I want my speech to be salty and bright and seasoned with the truth of what Jesus has done for us and stirring in this big, huge dollop of hope, hope for redemption in this life and ultimate hope in heaven and perfect union with Christ and the endless delights that await us there. That's really good. You know, I I appreciate that Caroline also brought out that definition because for somebody like me, I could hear this and think, man, I really want to be that bright, salty person, (laughs) Uh, but I'm just not by nature. However, thinking about um, laughter and humor being delighted humility, I think I could achieve that by God's grace. (laughs) So what are some ways that we can actually use humor or being funny to set the scene or the tone for welcoming others in as Christ has welcomed us and for actually going about walking in the Great Commission like you mentioned, Holly? You know, I heard somewhere that all the best public speakers begin with a confidently self-deprecating joke. And I think about this all the time because to me, whatever a speaker is about to talk about, they're going to want their audience to feel, you know, connected, engaged, mentally present. So it must be that this magical, almost seemingly contradictory combination of confidence and humility does something in us as a Mm. listener or a receiver that readies us to be open. So when I'm meeting a new person, say, let's just say like introducing myself to someone at church, girl, I use this all the time and I found it helpful in meeting people and making new friends. And let me tell you, I am not afraid of the pre-joke or prepping an intro joke if I know I'm going to need one. So I would say this to you too, just based on what you're saying about yourself, which I would disagree with. I think you're very funny and witty, but I think we should own the pre-joke proudly. Like just own it. Like, like prep yourself and own the pre-joke. So my husband, what is this? I'll give you an example of this, the pre-joke. My husband is a residential realtor in town and he does a lot of work with incoming and outgoing medical residents as they transition in and out of um, our, you know, teaching medical hospital here that's called UAB. So we've met and we now count as friends a lot of medical residents um, Mm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, 
several of them have wound up being anesthesia residents. So, you know, that's like the, the epidural doctors. And girl, you better believe every opportunity I get where we're meeting a new one, I use the same joke. I extend my hand for that <laughs> handshake and I say, <laughs> this is so bad. Holly Mackle, big fan of your work. <laughs> <laughs> every time. <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> they, they get that sly little smile on their face, but it does, it kind of breaks the ice. Because the truth is like, I, w- I would probably take an epidural right now. Those things were so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so wonderful. Oh, what do you think, Caroline? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think we do the gospel a disservice when we perpetually link spiritual and serious things because humor is a form of hospitality. You know, it's an open door or a welcoming grin, something that says, you know, come on in, stay a while. So I love to Mm -hmm. use humor as an invitation for people to come in or even a sneaky little trick to make them hang out with me. But then I want to give them a meal that feeds their souls, um, that gives them what they're actually hungry for, which isn't laughter itself, but the God who created laughter. And so the fact that God can use humor as a door to draw people to himself is I mean, hilarious in itself. I've had people who've messaged me on Instagram because they were drawn to my insane rants about my kids ripping off Beanie Baby tags and sending me into a 90s kid existential crisis or rants about the pressure (laughs) of like making banana bread out of old bananas. And so these people come and giggle at the crazy and then they stick around for a while and encounter the gospel. And it's just hysterical to me that God might use irrational beanie baby anger to put people on the road to gospel truth. Are they are these like non-believers, like people that don't know the gospel at all? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll have friends who are like, oh, I told my friend so-and-so to follow you because this was so funny. And they'll be hanging around, um, not necessarily drawn to the faith. It's just that they were drawn to the humor and, and that's the door. You know, and I think we all have different doors. It doesn't have to be humor, you know. Totally. I have right. a friend who is a incredibly good like decorator and she has an Instagram account where she shows beautiful pictures of her home, but she unfailingly shares the gospel in her posts. So yeah. people come for the yes. pictures and they stay for the gospel. And I think for Holly and I, people come for the humor and then they stay for the gospel. So whatever door you have, you got to keep opening it. That's right. Man, I appreciate that so much because I'm really, I'm never going to be funny, though I do pray for it. But I feel like I can be more hospitable to people who do value humor a whole lot. And maybe it looks a lot more like laughing my head off at my kid pooping on my pants right? making exactly. a really cool joke. Exactly. <laughs> so what's your encouragement to those of us who tend to take ourselves a little too seriously? Well, I would encourage them to reflect on the celebratory aspects of the gospel. There's so much to be delighted about in the gospel narrative and really any time we have a renewed understanding of Scripture. For example, in the book of Nehemiah, right after the Israelites finished building the walls and Ezra opened the Word of God and began to read it and help the people understand it, the Israelites' natural response was very serious weeping and somberness. But Nehemiah said, do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And he and Mm. Ezra commanded them to stop being so serious and instead celebrate for the day was holy to the Lord. So Nehemiah 8, 12 says, all the people went on their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. And I love this passage because it so clearly links an understanding of the word of God with a light heart. We can take our faith seriously without having to perpetually be so serious. And in fact, this text demonstrates that lighthearted celebration can be the proper activity for a holy day. 
And so Hunter, like if that concept goes against your nature, you can take comfort in the fact that it went against the Israelites nature too. We just need Nehemiahs and Ezra's to remind us the joy of the Lord is our strength. See, that's why I have your book on my (laughs) nightstand table. (laughs) And seriously, I mean, when I'm like tempted sometimes, like I'm the person who's like, okay, I got to grab the RC scroll again. But it's like, you know what? I know in that moment, a lot of times the holiest thing I could do is grab like a good dose of humor. And some people might be like, oh, Hunter, I don't know if that's true. But I really (laughs) think like the, the best thing for my heart in some moments when I may have a predisposition to choosing serious is to actually choose fun, even though it feels a little counter to my nature. Yes. Yes, totally. What do you think, Holly? I think Caroline nailed it from the word. So I think I'll hit the practical application. And it it helps me tremendously to consider the stakes. And I don't want either of you to go getting the impression that I do this perfectly or anything because the farthest thing is the truth from that. But it really does help me to think, what kind of reaction do I want my girls to remember me having in any situation? What what face do I want them to remember? Oh, I love this. I'm going to cry. Because it's like, do you want them to remember you ticked off when they like right. you know, explode macaroni all over the kitchen? Or do you just want to die <laughs> laughing on the floor? Do I just want to giggle? And I'm not talking about disciplinary issues here. I always feel like when I approach mm-hmm. this topic, I have to sort of set the boundary disclaimer. around it and say, yeah, disclaimer, this is not the defiance, disrespect, denying right. the last brownie, any of the big Ds. This is not <laughs> the big Ds. I'm talking about the little daily day in, day out. 500 decisions we moms make a day as to how we're going to respond to any given ridiculous situation. And I don't know about you, but when I'm being asked if we can drive to Target to buy the Calico Critters luxury townhome for the 14th time before 9 a.m., who makes this dove? (laughs) Or or the little one. This just happened to me. This just happened like a month ago. The little one goes, we're driving. She goes, mom, can I unbuckle? I'll hold on real tight. <laughs> you know, it's just so helpful to me to just take a little inhale and pause for one hot second before I exhale with the output. Because when I pause, so often the output on that out breath begins with a giggle. And again, that's just a kinder and safer place for me to parent from. Yes. Man, I love this so much. I wish we could parent in the same proximity so that I can learn from you guys in this. What does dinner time look like in your house? Is it a little chaotic and crazy like it is at mine? Let me tell you about Prep Dish and how they can help you simplify your evenings. You've probably heard us talk about Prep Dish in the past and maybe you've thought, man, I just don't have time to meal prep. But let me tell you, With Prep Dish, meal prepping for the whole week honestly takes just about one hour with their super fast plan and about two hours for the gluten-free, paleo, and low-carb meal plans. If you need a change in how you handle dinner time at your house, you have got to try Prep Dish. You'll serve up delicious meals that your family will love like green chili burgers, Caesar salmon wraps, and apricot glazed chicken thighs. Right now, the founder, Allison, is offering our listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. You can't beat that. Check out PrepDish.com forward slash journey for this great deal. Again, that's PrepDish.com forward slash journey for your first two weeks free. (laughs) 
So on the flip side, I know that some people, they have a predisposition to being funny all the time. Kind of like what you were saying, Caroline, maybe they've built up defense mechanisms or maybe it's just that they really thrive at the center of attention and making people laugh. When does humor become sinful? Like, do you guys have any words of caution when it comes to humor? This is such a great question. And, you know, as the contributors were emailing me their submissions for the Same Here Sister Friend book, I realized very quickly that everybody was doing exactly what I had asked them to do, which was to laugh with and not at those they loved or didn't know. Mm-hmm. Listen, the zinger, the zinger is funny, but it's not funny for long. It's right. only staying power is in the shame it brings on another and the relational distance that it can put between two people. To me, real staying power in a joke comes from shared experience or Hmm. the commonality of, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I cannot believe you actually took the wrong kid to the doctor. That almost happened to me before (laughs) myself. So that's the kind of humor to me that serves to bind and not divide. And again, like I'm I'm going to mess up. We're going to mess up. We're not going to do this perfectly. But that's where we can enter into that beautiful gospel waltz. You know, that beautiful three-step, as my church talks about and my pastor, Bob Flayhart, discusses where we repent, we believe again in what we know to be true about the gospel. And then we turn and we fight and we ask for change, not just for the future life to come, but for this life. So I do ask the Lord to give me a real quickness and repentance when I have crossed a line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, to piggyback off of that, if we reflect back to that Nehemiah passage I referenced— It's worth noticing that just a chapter later, the Israelites are confessing sin. They're wearing sackcloth, which if you did not know, is the most serious clothing that there is. (laughs) And they were no longer celebrating with delicious food, but fasting from food. Mm. So Mm -hmm. humor and levity in that setting would have been a disrespectful response to God's holiness. Mm -hmm. So I think a safe takeaway from those contrasting chapters is that God's goodness and His Word can elicit celebration and laughter, but our own sin should always provoke a somber response. So if we're being convicted of sin or see sin in our brothers and sisters, we should not use humor in an attempt to cover it or remove its pain. Only Jesus' blood has the power to cover sin and remove its sting, and using anything else in that place is idolatry. And like I sort of mentioned before, I'm the queen of wanting everything to be fine and of avoiding bad feelings. I do not like bad feelings. I like ice cream and Gilmore Girls and prefer that to wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) I would rather do that than wrestle with my own sin. (laughs) So this is really a regular area of conviction. I want to rescue myself and my friends out of the pain of our sin. So I offer humor, but that is not truly being a good friend. Because that sin Mm. separates us from fellowship with the Lord, who is our true reason for celebration and laughter. And we ought to do the serious work of repentance and experience authentic restoration so that we can get back to the party. And then I think after we've stared our sin in the face and repented of it wholeheartedly, then it's a very Mm. good time for ice cream and celebration because God has rescued us. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. That's really, really good. I love that distinction, Caroline. So have you ever had an instance where you have recognized, man, I tried to like bandage over my sister, you know, in Christ. I tried to bandage over her remorse or her pain or her grief over her sin by using humor. And and if so, what was your response to um, that acknowledgement? Well, I think I do it um, maybe more often than I don't do it. I hate seeing my friends in pain. And I'll try to maybe lighten the mood and be like, and and make it, maybe not say it directly, Mm -hmm. but try to give them the sense of it's not that bad. 
Um, right. But man, when I look at the gospel and, you know, when we see that our righteousness is as filthy rags, then it is that bad. And so I want to yeah. stop providing that quick out because conviction is so important and God can use that. And I just have to uh, get better at sitting in that tension for myself, you know, when I want to like veg yeah. out and watch a funny show on Netflix instead of um, wrestle with what God's doing in my heart. I have to just be brave enough to do that. So yeah, it, that's a regular yeah. area where I have to um, hold back the funny. Man, yeah, I, I could totally see that being the case. I can even see that for me and I'm not even funny. So <laughs> uh, well, if you could give like an overarching goal for humor, what would it be? Well, I think the overarching goal of humor is togetherness because humor Mm -hmm. forges easy bonds and new relationships and it deepens existing bonds. So when my husband and I really laugh together, I experience a new level of gratitude for our relationship and I find Mm -hmm. that other barriers Mm -hmm. in our relationship seem less daunting. You know, or I think about last November, my granddaddy died and my family and I were Mm -hmm. heartbroken. But even Mm -hmm. in our grief, we laughed a lot as we remembered him. And granddaddy mm-hmm. was, he was really particular about the amount of ice that he would have in his cup. So every dinner without fail, he would ask for very little ice in his booming Southern <laughs> voice. I, I can hear him say it now. And so for Christmas, I bought everyone Tervis tumblers with the words very little ice written on them in all caps. And when we opened them, we just all laughed and felt so together uh, in our affection for uh, that man. Oh, yes. Oh, that makes me cry. <laughs> that is precious. It's, it's so true. I think shared experience really leads to commonality of memory and emotion. And that is prime mm-hmm. ground for the kinds of jokes and stories and the kind of humor that bring people together instead of dividing yeah. them. The fact that this book, Same Here, Sister Friend, even exists is evidence to me that we are just playing better together. And, oh, Lord, make me the kind of woman that invites others into a welcoming space that's prime for joy and delight and lots and lots of laughter. Mm, what would it look like to be this joyful, holy, like seriously happy, laughing at the days to come, Bible-saturated <laughs> person so that when you speak out of the heart, the mouth laughs? Oh, you have just described my dream. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I know. I'm like, can right? that be my life statement? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me too. Me too. And in heaven, we will fully embody just what you said and so very much more that we can't even begin to describe and until then, I, I just hope we can all stumble along together, encouraging one another and building one another up in love and Saturday Night Live references. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to invest more time in funny things. Yes. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> you stick around with us, girl. <laughs> all right. We're going to schedule like a weekly Skype date or something. <laughs> what do you think, Caroline? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just think that... Um, just continuously refusing to take ourselves too seriously, to take our sins seriously and take our pursuit of God seriously, but to maybe not just call the gospel good, but like experience his goodness. And Mm. um, just, yeah. And I mean, in good, in the most basic terms, I think when we talk about Mm. good with the gospel, it's this like very serious buttoned up kind of good. And then every other kind of good we talk about is like, this ice cream is good. It makes me happy. And this, you know, movie is good. It makes me happy. And this is a fun night we're having and that makes me happy. And then with the gospel, we're like, it's so good. (laughs) You know, I'm like, there's just gotta be at the very least, if the joy of the Lord's our strength, joy at the very least, 
I mean, involves some smiling and some laughter <laughs> and some fun. We are so good at being serious. And us Christian girls, we've got more to offer than just serious. Why don't we bring a little bit of yeah. spice to it, you know? Who I like mm, that. Yes. Lord, <laughs> let it be. <laughs> well, if somebody wants to grow in this area like myself, what are some resources that you guys would recommend? Yeah, without a doubt, I'll go to the premise of Same Here Sister Friend and suggest to invite a couple of friends for a girl's night. Just step out and do it or start a book club yes. or a knitting circle, you know, whatever you're into. Just get together, prep yourself a couple of the pre-jokes like I talked about, prep yourself a couple of funny stories that you can pull out of your grab bag if you need to. And then ask God to grant you the vulnerability and authenticity and good question asking abilities so that you can show up as your real self and invite other women to do the same. And then second, I would say that there's this Christianity Today article by Jen Wilkin that you can find online that I want to make sure to mention. It's so good. It's called Definitely Keep Insulting Your Kids with Sarcasm. Great idea. (laughs) She's, She's so brilliant. But if you find yourself struggling and being tempted to parent with sarcasm, I think it's such a great resource and a real call to repentance and change. And then lastly, I would love to mention Caroline's study called Laughing Faith that you can find on her blog, (laughs) writercaroline.com. It's joyful and truth-filled. It's it's Caroline. It's Caroline on a plate. And it's such a sweet look at Psalm 16. And I mean, the story about her husband, the slug, for real, Caroline, like, oh my goodness. (laughs) He's going to love that you mentioned that. (laughs) Um, But Holly... Wait, what is the story? Aaron Rodgers look alike. It's just this joke. It's this joke that we have that actually helps me um helps me deal with his messiness that we <laughs> act like he's just leaving a trail of slime all over the house. So I turned it into a whole story and it actually has helped me treat my husband in a kinder way because I'm just like, oh, he's just being a slug. And I'll say to him, like, <laughs> look, there here's some slime rather than trying to belittle him in any way. So that's just for some reason when I created this week long study, the last day is not anything biblical and just a story about him being a slug, which he, he did get full permission, but it. I'm still like, oops, we keep mentioning it. Sorry about that. <laughs> that is so funny. Brooks and I, we used to get in fights over how loud he is oh, in the mornings yeah. because oh, you know, those are gosh. precious sacred hours. Yes. And when you're in the army, I mean, there have been periods in which he wakes up at 4 30 no. in the morning and I'm like, you better not wake those babies. <laughs> over time, I have come to accept this this is one of his attributes that is like unchangeable. Like it's right. been four years in the making. Right. And so we nicknamed him the ogre. And it yes. really is. <laughs> that's it, Hunter. That's it. That's so good. It's really funny because in the morning now, when I hear like ice <laughs> clunking into his coffee cup <laughs> and the door slamming, I'm like, there goes the ogre. Exactly. Oh my goodness. That is totally it. Because no longer are you like, I. he must not care about us. He must right. not care if he wakes us up. You're like, you're just thinking about Shrek and like, oh, he's an ogre. I love him. That is so, such a good tool. You know, I can piggyback off of that because I think our best resource for humor is people because people are just so weird and funny. And one of the best ways to infuse humor into your day is to pay attention to your people exactly how you did. Not with the intention of making fun of them, but with the intention of delighting in their unique tendencies. So I love paying attention to the things my kids say when they're pretending or 
the things my husband mumbles when he's half asleep or the really weird way my sister orders dinner. And my kids love it when I remember the silly things they do and tell them the story. And it's always good fodder for a girl's night or a small group dinner conversation. Like your Davy pooping on your lap story is solid gold. <laughs> and you should work that every opportunity. <laughs> my daughter got thrown up on at school. And it was, anyway, it's a whole story. But when it happened, I sh- my reaction should have been like, oh, poor baby. But my reaction was like, oh, this is going to make a really good story. So I just think that (laughs) funny things that happen to our kids or whatever are just great material. So, you know, if you're paying attention to your kids or if you're involved in a local church, just serve in student ministry or kids ministry and you will have more material than you possibly know what to do with. Agreed. And I just, I think taking note of when they are being funny, like you're saying, and not allowing myself, I think for me, one of the reasons, one of the hangups for me as a type A is wanting to always be moving forward and instead embracing that moment when they are like experiencing, yes. <laughs> you know, it could be anything. It could be some level of just hysteria over something that actually, it's actually really funny, even though it's annoying and <laughs> right. it's inhibiting you from moving forward in your day. <laughs> and to take note of that and just be like, man, this is hilarious. Like, I'm not going to get to my appointment on time, but what a sweet moment for me to get to like pocket and to mentally bookmark and remember like in this season of life. So I love that. Those are the stories we'll tell, right? Like it's not the, hey, I was on time for this many appointments. Totally. Like so lame. Shake me out of this. Yeah, that's a terrible story. (laughs) Being on time is a terrible story. Correct. I'm like, uh, and I'm thinking back to the Davy Duty Station story now. And I'm like, (laughs) I could have been like, man, that play date. (laughs) (laughs) The play date was ruined. You know, we had to leave 40 minutes in. I didn't get to connect with her. But how much better was that? That I had poop all over. I mean, it's just hilarious. We took a picture, a thumbs up photo. And she's one of my good friends here now. So, you know, she didn't reject me. (laughs) (laughs) She did not. And I wonder, it makes me suspicious if that's exactly the connection that the Lord had for you that day. That yeah. was so much deeper yes. of a connection that, than could have yes. happened had you just had this great hour and a half of conversation. Totally. Man, I love it. Caroline, do you have any more recommendations or is people the number one and only? Yeah, just people. I got three people in my house, so those are my three recommendations. <laughs> all. Yeah, all right, so well, next I'm going to ask you, what are your three simple joys? <laughs> all right, well, next I want to ask you because you said three people. So tell me this, what are your three simple joys? Caroline, you want to start? Oh, sure. Okay. (laughs) Well, so my three simple joys are Sonic Happy Hour, which has gotten me through many an afternoon slump. I mean, God bless (laughs) Sonic Happy Hour. And also Scream Singing, The Greatest Showman with my kids. They love it and I love it. And it just like changes the temperature of our house and we can just like let loose and just like sing out and dance. That's amazing. And then I'd say my third simple joy is Voxer. Because obviously I'm a hopeless extrovert. So in a lot of ways, a stay-at-home mom gig is like a nightmare. I mean, it's not, but you know what I mean. But sometimes I'm like, (laughs) I need the adults. Where are they? And so Voxer is a really great way. It's an app, a voice messaging app that allows me to have meaningful conversations with friends. You know, when I'm folding laundry and the kids are playing by themselves, I actually get to have some meaningful interaction. And that just really goes a long way with me. That's awesome. Yes. I love Voxer for that reason as well. It's the best. That is really fun. That's what your writer group keeps up with, right? Yes. Caroline, like you guys all keep up on Voxer. We totally do. It's the most fun ever. 
That's so fun. What about you, Holly? What are three of your simple joys? So I love it when my kids try to use a big word, but in processing it, something way more awesome comes out. (laughs) So we have some greatest hits in our house that have become a part of our family vocabulary. And the first one that comes to mind is aboritated, which is the perfect (laughs) cross between bored and irritated. And they really that thought it was amazing. <laughs> and then more recently, my oldest asked me, um, Mom, what are those pumpkin face guys from Willy Wonka called again? Grumble Dumpies? <laughs> yes. Oh, so, yes. I am working on an article right now called Me and the Grumble Dumpies. And here's that is amazing. That I hope we can so get to good. do a book. so much better than Oompa Loompa. There you go, right? It's it so is. It's better. It's better. It's better. Rumble it's Grumpies. Better. That's your new blog name, Caroline. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> Don't give her more ammo. She's got enough. Oh, help. Y'all hold me back if you see that come up. Oh. It used to be writer Caroline, but now I think it's Grumble Dumpies. Like, what is that? I'm like, yeah, I just felt like it was the right move. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, Oddly enough, I also love to pull weeds and drink really, really hot tea. So a day where I get to do both simultaneously. I don't like to pull weeds, but what's your your cup of choice for the tea? I actually like Irish breakfast, which I don't think a lot of people know about, but it is so delicious and you should give it a go. Okay. I totally will. My new thing after talking to Jill Atogue, Atogue, I can't pronounce her last name. My new thing after talking to one of our guests is just adding like a little splash of coconut milk creamer to tea. Have you ever tried that? No, but I will. It's quite delightful. Yeah. Totally a great recommendation. Well, guys, it's been so fun to hear from you today. And one of the questions that I ask every guest on the show, is just like, I love it because I know each one of us has had mentors in the faith that have like helped to shape us. And so I think it's really cool to get to hear from everybody. Like, who is it that's had the greatest impact on your own journey with Jesus? Um, For me, uh, I am a mama and I've got a mama, but I don't think we can ever underestimate the power of a spiritual mother and what they bring to our lives. And while I have been so blessed to have had several over the years, uh, one godly woman named Martha Welch immediately comes to mind and she discipled Mm. myself and my friend Catherine for over 10 years. And she just poured and poured and poured into us weekly. She lived out Titus 2 before us in authenticity and repentance and hope in the gospel. And she taught us how to think about other women coming up behind us in age and stage. Plus, she taught me how to make really yummy biscuits, so double bonus. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. That is so amazing. I love that. I can't believe she discipled you for over 10 years. Yes, she's a saint. Like, what age range were you? It was just before Catherine and I um, were engaged and then married around the same time frame. So as we were engaged women, you know, on through, Uh I guess we just stopped a year ago, two years ago, maybe. Wow. That is amazing. That's tremendous. Really, really cool, Holly. What about you, Caroline? Well, I think I'd have to say my husband. Um, Our date nights are often spent unpacking the gospel and working through his sermon ideas because he's a pastor. And reflecting on various things we've learned in scripture. And I just always come away really sharpened and excited Mm. and eager to proclaim the gospel myself and excited to hear him proclaim it. And then also, I think it's important to note that we also know how to have fun together. And for some reason, it's more motivating to share the gospel along someone who laughs with you because Mm. we talk about the good news and we just feel its goodness. And so it just all kind of rolls together. And um, yeah, I'm incredibly grateful for his desire to follow Jesus. And it just 
yeah, it just sharpens me in a million ways. I love that so much, Caroline. I, you guys, this has really been probably one of my favorite conversations because I think the conversations that challenge me the most in areas where I'm the weakest are the ones that I remember best. And this is going to be one that I remember probably always. So thank you so much for gifting me your time and for sharing um, your humor and your wisdom with the Journey Women listeners today. It's been a joy to have you on the show. Thank you, Hunter. It's been an honor. Oh yeah, this was awesome. I had so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you guys. You guys, I am so thankful for Holly and Caroline's encouragement to reflect on the celebratory aspects of the gospel and to allow that to flow into my everyday interactions with my little people, with my husband, Brooks, and with my friends. You can find the deets on everything we talked about in the show notes at journeywomenpodcast.com. Hey, if you're enjoying these conversations, I would absolutely love it if you take three short minutes and head over to iTunes or Facebook to leave a review of the podcast. Here's one that I found particularly encouraging that Rachel posted this week. She said, This podcast has been one of the best things in this season of my life. As a college student, I'm continually encouraged to dig into scripture and to apply it to living for the glory of God. Praise the Lord, Rachel. We are so grateful that God is using Journey Women to encourage you to that end. Hey, these reviews are such a blessing. They not only encourage me and what I'm doing, but they also help get Journey Women into the hands of other women on their journeys to glorify God. If you want to talk more about the topic of humor with us throughout the week, you know you can hop over to at Journey Women Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. A huge thanks to Chris Mann with Podshaper who edited this week's episode. He keeps me going, you guys. It's such a joy to get to journey with you all. I can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week. Okay.